0: This is the Weekly Parsha with Rabbi Mendel Lipska from Chabad of Hyde Park. And a wonderful day of Shabbos to all of you. Those of you who just come back from holiday, it's wonderful to have you back. I hope you had a great time, a relaxing time, a refreshing time. A time to, well, get to know yourself a little bit better, to understand yourself, to look into your heart, to look into your soul. And to allow this wonderful fusion, this wonderful coming together of body and soul, that's ultimately the purpose of a holiday, ultimately the purpose of vacation. It's not only to get away from things, of course, that's part of it as well. It's a time to, well, think about things, to consider what's important. And of course, what's important is the fact that we are Jewish people and the Torah is our guide. And each and every single week, there's something there, that will teach us how to make our lives that much better. And it's not only in general to understand what Torah is talking to us about. It's important to understand that within a personal context to know what is Torah telling me individually. When you hear things, when you read things, when you study things, the reaction has to, of course, be understanding the wisdom of Torah. It's a divine wisdom, the wisdom of God. But at the same time, it's a book of instruction as well. And therefore, not only a general instruction to all the Jewish people or to all of humankind, but it's an instruction to me personally. What is this week's Parsha? telling me. And as I've said to you over the weeks, it's so important that you develop this personal, this intimate relationship between yourself and Torah, to listen carefully to the words, to understand the words and now that we're talking about the great, great story of exodus, of liberation, of freedom of Yitzhiat Mitzrayim, the great exodus from Egypt, it's something which liberates not only a people, but the individual as well. And each and every one of us needs to be liberated. We are within the confines very often of very negative dimensions, or perhaps not negative, but certainly restricting dimensions, and because of that, more than often, most people can't be what they should be tremendous potential, tremendous ability, tremendous inner strength and inner quality, but somehow a difficulty to bring it to the fore. And this is what Torah is all about. Torah expands our mind, it expands our heart, it expands our soul. It allows for the interaction of body and soul. It allows for the mind to begin to understand things better, to understand things from a spiritual dimension, to guide, to focus our emotions to those areas which are not only positive and good, but something which uplifts, which allows for the fusion, as I said before, of the godly soul and the conscious dimension of man. And this is why each and every single week when we talk about the Parsha, it's important to listen carefully and ask yourself one simple question. What is the Parsha telling me individually? I know myself, I know my strengths, I know my weaknesses, I know my circumstances, I know my environment, I know who I am, and therefore... I have to hear this special tailored message to me. The Parsha is Va'era. The Parsha is Ba'era where God says, And I appeared. I made myself visible to the patriarchs, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And of course, this is the great answer to the great question. The Parsha last week ended on a somewhat disturbing note. Moshe comes to God with a tremendous complaint. He says, Why have you mistreated this people? I've come to them as your messenger. I've come to them with a message of liberation and freedom that very soon they will be liberated from the confines, from the difficulty, from the tyranny of Egypt. And not only didn't it happen, but things became worse. They had to work so much harder. And the Jewish people are exhausted physically and spiritually. can hardly catch their breath, so to speak. They simply can't receive any life-giving energy, the oxygen of life in the physical and the spiritual sense. Why have you done this? And then this week comes the answer from God what in fact he is doing and why he's doing what he's doing. And the first question that we have to ask is why is the question An answer separated by two separate parsha by two separate weeks. Last week was the week of the question that Moshe asks God, a difficult question, a hard question, a penetrating question, a question which, well, certainly deserves an answer. And the answer only comes after a bit of time. The answer comes after, well, a week has gone by, so to speak. It's the second Shabbos. It's the next Shabbos. And this is the Shabbos that we listen to the answer that God Gives Moshe, and perhaps we have to ask ourselves a far more fundamental question: Why doesn't Moshe, at the outset of his journey, at the outset of his mission, why doesn't he turn to God and say, "Why have you made?" life so difficult for the Jewish people. They've been slaves in this difficult land for hundreds of years. What have they done wrong? In past generations, people who did something wrong were punished. But these people didn't do anything wrong. Their forefathers came down Jacob came down with his family, his family of 70, and settled in the land of Mitzrayim, and the Jewish people lived there, perhaps not as perfectly as they should, but certainly not deserving of this incredibly difficult exile, the story of being enslaved in Egypt. Why doesn't Moshe question God on that? It's only when it comes to the end, when Moshe says to God, I came to them, and I delivered a message of hope and of freedom, and yet things became so much more difficult. Why is it only then? that Moshe asks the question of God. And, of course, we have to come to the realization that who is asking this question? It's Moshe Moses. Moshe is the most faithful of all God's servants, of all God's people. Moshe is the most humble of people. Moshe is the man who is known as the Raya Mehemda. He is the shepherd of faith. He is a man who instills a deep and profound sense of faith into his people, because he himself is a man of profound and powerful faith. His faith in God is absolute, with absolute conviction and with total dedication. And therefore, we have to ask ourselves perhaps a more fundamental question. Why does he challenge God at all? If, in fact, he is a man of faith and he is a shepherd of faith, he instills faith in others, because he possesses this incredible powerhouse of faith within himself, why does he question God at all? Why doesn't he simply accept that the ways of God are the ways of God? Why is it now that he asks a question? Why is the question, in fact, asked last week, and the answer comes this week, what is this all about? And perhaps the answer to all of that is in the name of the Parsha. The Parsha is called Va'era. And I appeared. Now, what does the appearance of God mean? The revelation of godliness in the world. We live in a world with tremendous layers of darkness, layers that conceal, hide the presence of God. We see the powers of nature. We see the presence of humankind. We see the shortcomings of humankind. We see evil in the world. We see darkness in the world. Very few people actually see the presence and the hand of God in the world. What does the era mean? The era means, and I have brought to vision, I have brought to realization with an absolute clarity that the presence of God is very much within the creation of the world. It's not two separate things. It's not as if, God forbid... God made a world, created a world once upon a time, and then he leaves it to the forces of nature to control and to run. Absolutely not. We believe in the concept of Hajgaha pratit, as the Baal Shem Tov explains, the constant presence of God Whatever happens in the world is a decision, and act of God. God constantly, so to speak, recreates the world. And therefore, when he says of he's telling Moshe, I am going to do something which will make you understand why, in fact, I've done what I've done. I am going to bring about a Vaera reality into the entire world that will enable everyone to understand and to see God with an absolute clarity. And this is why, as we go throughout the entire parsha, and what is this parsha all about? The parsha is all about the destruction, the systematic destruction of Pharaoh and Egypt, the tyranny, the violence, the absolute Negative behavior that has to be completely dismantled through the plagues, of course, and each and every one of the plagues addresses a different dimension of evil and darkness. But Ada, the Parsha is called the Parsha of revelation, so to speak, to make divinity, godliness visible in the world. More of that soon. This is the weekly Parsha with Rabbi Mendel Lipska from Chabad of Hyde Park. We're talking, we're talking about the accusing question that Moshe brings to God. Why did you mistreat this people so? And we're talking about the answer from God. But Aaron and I appeared to the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And within that, we sense a bit of a rebuke. God is telling Moshe, Moshe, how is it that the three patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, each one of them was given tremendous challenges and tests in life, and yet they never questioned my actions. They never questioned their faith in me. They were absolute and totally devoted. And yet you, Moshe, the one who stands ultimately as not only the savior of the Jewish people, but the shepherd of faith, you seem to lack in faith with the question that you ask, or at least that's the way that it appears. And the answer, of course, is Moshe did not have any doubts with relation in relationship to his faith in god his faith in god was absolute his devotion to god was absolute but moshe had a certain quality moshe is the individual who brings the torah to the jewish people and because he brings the torah to the jewish people the torah is known as the wisdom of god because moshe ultimately is a man of incredible intellectual dimension and as a result he has to understand things as best as a human being can and not only only that, but he has to teach that reason, that intellectual insight to each and every single Jew. With the giving of the Torah, the whole reality of God's creation changed. It was no longer only an absolute faith. The absolute faith remained, but there was also now the intellectual dimension that was introduced. People had to understand the Torah. They had to understand the ways of God. And this is why Moshe says, up to this point, I didn't question you. I didn't question because I know why it was necessary for the Jewish people to go into not only Egypt, but the depths and the difficulties and the pain of slavery within Egypt. Because that is only a preparation for the ultimate revelation at Sinai, the giving of the Torah. What does that mean? In order for something of holiness and purity to be given, it has to be given into a vessel that can receive it. The world at that point was a very negative place. Pharaoh was for all intent and purpose the absolute ruler of the entire civilized world. Egypt was a country that controlled the world, both in terms of power and politics, also in terms of the economy. It was an exceptionally powerful place, but it was a dark place. It was an immoral place. It was a place of violence and vulgarity. It was a place that simply abused human beings to the nth degree and abused the decency which is inherent within every single human being. It was a place of incredibly intense darkness, something which concealed any type of godliness and spirituality. And therefore, it was necessary for the Jewish people to enter into that reality, yes, through the process of slavery, because that's the only way they could descend, so to speak, to the core of what Egypt is all about, of what Mitzrayim was all about, and at that point begin to cleanse it, to purify it to whatever degree was necessary. Because without cleansing the world and thereby cleansing themselves themselves, The world couldn't receive the Torah, and the Jewish people couldn't receive the Torah. There had to be that process, that process of difficulty. Yes, superficially it looked like some sort of punishment, but it wasn't. It was a process through which and by which God says the Torah could be given. But God to do that on his own. Why is it necessary for him to appoint the people, the Jewish people, and to put them through the difficulties that he did in order for them to realize what in fact they are doing, purifying the world? World and purifying themselves by dealing with the difficulty and the darkness and perhaps the violence of the world at its core. Why couldn't God simply snap his fingers? And in a moment, everything is pure because God created a world of imperfection. God created a world of light and dark a world, which was filled with darkness as well. And he wants human beings, particularly the Jewish people to whom he gave the power of absolute free choice to be part of that whole process. Yes, God could have created a perfect world, but what purpose would it have served? It's because it's a world where there is darkness and individuals can choose how they wish to react to the darkness. Will they be seduced by the darkness or will they withstand it? Will they transform it? These are the choices with which each and every one of us is faced with every single day of our lives. It's then and there that we see the power that God Gave individuals, the individual right, the entitlement almost of saying, yes, it is through my effort individually and collectively as a people that we have brought the world to such a state. We have purified the world to such a state that it's now able to receive the Torah at Sinai once we go out. So Moshe had no question about that because he understood that full well. He understood that it was necessary for them to descend to that level. But after he was told by God that liberation is now going to happen, what he doesn't understand is why was it necessary to add a new dimension of challenge and difficulty to their lives? They already served for hundreds of years as slaves. They were working at the coalface of darkness in this world. They were transforming it left, right, and center through their presence and through the process of what they were doing. By maintaining their faith, by retaining their Jewishness, throughout those difficulties, they were bringing light into the darkest areas, preparing the world for the ultimate revelation at Sinai, when God himself was going to introduce the Torah. But what Moshe didn't understand is why was it necessary to add another dimension of pain and difficulty right at the end for the Jewish people to be challenged with and to endure. And this is what God says to Moshe about Eira. Not only do I want to bring the Torah into the world, But what I want to do is to bring it in a way that people will see godliness. And in order for people to see godliness, two things have to happen. You have to remove the layers of darkness that exist in the world to look beyond the natural, to look beyond the physical, to recognize the spiritual within. That's number one, to remove the darkness that exists within the world. And the second thing, of course, is to remove the darkness that exists within ourselves, our limited understanding, our biased understanding, our confused emotions, our misdirected spirituality, our unfulfilled energies and potential. And these two elements, the Perfection of self and the perfection of the world is something which can come about only after even the most intense and difficult processes and procedures have been gone through by the people on their own. And this is what he says. I appear to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but that revelation that I gave them was limited in comparison to that which I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you, Moshe, I'm going to give your people an insight, a clarity that can be compared to sight. They will see godliness. If they so choose, they will see godliness in every single aspect of life. The Jewish people have traveled geographically and time-wise and attitude-wise into every single corner of the world. And it's precisely there within those dark areas that they bring light. They allow for the va'era process, for the revelation process to become complete and full in every single area of creation at every single time, every single place, every single time. And this is what the Parsha is all about. The Parsha is va'era. Again, God could have snapped his fingers and broken the strength of Pharaoh and his people and liberated his people in a moment. Why was it necessary for them to go through a process which took over a year, the ten plagues, and each and every single plague is not only a punishment. Of course it was a punishment because Pharaoh and the Mitzrayim, the Egyptians, deserved to be punished for their bad behavior, for their enslavement of people, for their violence, for their vulgarity. But more than that, it was a process of education as well. How does Pharaoh start? Pharaoh starts by saying, I don't know your God. There is no godliness in the world. Yes, perhaps once upon a time he created the world, but he deserted it. He gave it over to different powers, to different spiritual powers, to different deities, and to different physical powers, and to human beings. This is what Pharaoh says, your concept of God, an invisible God, that is involved in in every single dimension of existence, of creation, of history, this is just not on. And slowly and surely... Each and every single time he has to endure and his people have to endure another plague it opens his eyes further and further and he is prepared to make concessions you can go so far you can go 3 days you can go here or only the men only the strong men not the children etc etc he keeps on making concessions because more and more does even pharaoh begin to understand the depth and power of the presence of god in the world it's a process of education each and every single one of those 10 plagues is a different aspect of of revealing its the reality even to somebody as coarse, as violent, as vulgar, as Pharaoh himself. And don't forget, this is a powerful and relatively sophisticated society, and they have somehow cut out for themselves a particular, so to speak, scientific culture, economy, power. And this slowly has to be changed. Of course, God can do it in one instant. But that won't serve the purpose because the process of knowing something or getting to know something, of understanding something is slow, it is difficult. You have to go from one state of darkness into light, then from another state of darkness into a greater light, etc., etc., etc. And as we mature intellectually, emotionally, the vera process, the revelation process, and I have appeared, says God, becomes stronger and stronger as well. But it's not only to Pharaoh and to the Egyptians that God presents the plagues it's to the jewish people as well because over periods of hundreds of years they have lost much of their sensitivity to god and to godliness yes they resisted they retained their faith in fact the commentaries the rabbis tell us they even retained their original hebrew names and their language and their unique garments which identify them as jews But they lost much along the way as well. They lost sensitivity. They lost a degree of spirituality, a dimension of faith. They allowed themselves to become somehow accepted and accepting of the Egyptian way of life. They didn't become, God forbid, as bad as the Egyptians, but nonetheless, they allowed for that culturalization to take place within their own communities, and this is why they too, the Jewish people themselves, had to go through a process of education, and while of course they were not directly affected by the plagues, in fact, we are told that when the first plague, the Nile and all the water turned to blood. Jewish people had perfectly clear, refreshing, crystal clear water to drink, to use whatever they needed it for. Although the plagues didn't affect them directly, but they observed what was taking place, and this gave them greater insight into what is happening, how God acts within the process of time and space, through the process of history, through the process of the reality of the natural forces of his world. Of course, God can and does from time to time, so to speak, snap his fingers and change things dramatically and instantly. But this was not the purpose. The purpose was to educate Pharaoh and the Egyptians, but equally so, if not more so, to educate the Jewish people as to what is happening. And there's an important lesson over here. And the important lesson is that we have to look at what happens around us. We have to look at the world and not to be blinded by simple and natural elements. Yes, we see beauty. We see greatness. We see all sorts of things. But we have to stand back and look with our inner eye and ask ourselves, isn't the hand of God right here? And no matter how beautiful the world may be, you've been on holiday now, you've seen the beauty of God's great nature, God's great creation, and you can be blinded by that. You begin to think, well, that's what it's all about, the great vista, the great view, the great visions. No, you have to see within that the hand of God. Look at the sea, what do you see? The tides, the waves, the power of water. You look at the sky and you see the majestic presence of the sun, of the moon, and the stars. You can't be blinded by the reality and the reality of, by the non-reality because the reality is God directs each and every single thing, every single moment, every single gesture, every single change within the natural system. This is the prati. this is the divine, individual providence that God has placed into the world and is there for us to recognize. And when we do, we connect with the era reality, the personal revelation, recognizing and seeing the presence of God within the world. More of that soon. This is the Weekly function with Rabbi Mendel Lipsker from Chabad of Hyde Park. We're talking about the slow process that took place where God is educating, so to speak, Pharaoh in Egypt. He's also educating the Jewish people he is telling them slowly you will see more and more and more as time goes on just imagine as the light which was dimmed slowly becomes more powerful and stronger you begin to see the colors far more clearly, you begin to see the shapes far more clearly, everything comes into focus in an altogether different sort of way, it is there it is a slow process we somehow take in the initial vision that we see and very soon thereafter we realize that it's not perfect and as the light becomes more intense as the darkness recedes more and more the clarity of what we are looking at becomes far more powerful as well and this is why throughout the entire Parsha time and again Pharaoh is almost ready to capitulate to give in to Moshe and say yes let your people go just get out of here stop with the plagues." what does God say don't worry Moshe I have hardened his heart he will not give up And God says to Moshe, there is a process, there is a purpose. He will not give up instantly because he hasn't learned the complete lesson. And it's vital, necessary for him to understand things perfectly and clearly. And how much more so for the Jewish people? We often ask the question, why do we have to go through one exile and another exile? Obviously, it's because we haven't learned the lesson. There are elements of darkness that won't allow us to see. See with clear eyes the reality and the clarity of that which is to be seen. This is something which is so important for us to understand, the recognition and the reality of what is truly there. And therefore, we have to go through individual and collective challenges from time to time to begin to understand what in fact is taking place, the growth, the development. The slow process is only there for our purpose because it's interesting when something is given to you piece by piece slowly, you imbibe each piece, you digest each piece, you take it in, you begin to relate to it in a far more powerful way. You begin to understand it more and more and more. Because we are immature to begin with. We are immature, and therefore, whatever it is that we experience, we experience with immature intellect, immature emotion, immature senses. We think we understand. We think we know. It reminds me of that wonderful story of the young boy who was going off to school, he was going to join school for the very first time, and he's so excited, he has his uniform, he has his case, and off he trots to school, comes back the next morning, he's not going to school, his mother says, why aren't you going to school? He says, what for? I've learned everything yesterday. We haven't learned everything yesterday. Every day there is a lesson, every time we open our eyes in the morning, and we thank God for returning our soul refreshed. We are going through a new and more powerful experience every time the sun rises and brings light to the world, every time it sets, every time the moon rises, every time we look to the heavens and we see that incredible abundance of stars of light in the world, all those things. Every time we encounter an individual, every new experience we have with those that we know all those things are lessons in life. We look to Torah to give us insight understand what in fact we are experiencing and seeing. And it's this combination, it's the personal experience with the knowledge of Torah that enables us to see things with clarity. It enables us to see things with purpose. And this is what it's all about, as I said before. We have to see this on a purely Individual manner as well. Every single day a person is obligated to say to himself, what have I accomplished today? How much have I moved? Where did I stand and where have I come to have I gone backward God forbid am I standing in the same place or am I progressing the world all of creation is progressing for a great and wonderful moment of liberation of light of great exodus of great finality in the most positive way with the coming of Mashiach but every single step is a step that we have to take we cannot be spectators we cannot sit back and simply watch the process of history on unfolding of God's creation unfolding we are very much part and parcel of that whole process we have to interact we have to use our own individual strengths we have to take the light of Torah the knowledge of Torah the insight of Torah and to allow that to guide our minds our hearts our eyes we have to become part of the, the reality and we have to share that reality with others we have to go out to our Whoa close and far and tell them and share with them and talk to them about what the air is all about what the Torah is all about in fact collectively as a people what does the prophet tell us and you shall be a light unto nations we have a great mission in this world a mission of bringing a light and through light you bring change and the change is one of hope and the change is one of greatness and the change is one of purpose and this is what it's all about this is what the air is all about the question of moshe that was asked last week why have you mistreated this people yes that is an incredibly powerful question but it's a question that has an answer and the answer is because each and every one of you been given you have been empowered with an infinite dimension of faith and greatness and you have to bring it to the fore You have to allow it to become part of your conscious reality on an ongoing basis. And each and every single day, to grow with it as a result, you have to bring it into the world and allow that light to change the world. And while, of course, there are all sorts of forces that try to extinguish that light or to block that light, but what do we say? A small amount of light can really push aside huge amounts of darkness. And that's the reality. And while it might appear from time to time that the world isn't getting any better, the world isn't becoming any stronger, the world isn't becoming any greater, in fact, there's more and more negativity. This is where faith and true insight and true sight come to the fore. Because those who understand, those who know will see that quite to the contrary, in fact, change and positive change and great change is taking place. And while, yes, we are, well, in pain for those elements of darkness of which there are many, we mustn't lose sight of the incredible light that exists as well, the growth, the joy, the hope, the faith the recognition of the presence of God in the world. And as I said before, yes, while there are all sorts of forces that are trying to stop this, all sorts of elements that are trying to block this, we are messengers of light. And we have to bring the Ba'erah message into the world. We have to bring the Ba'erah message into the world, not only as something which happened in the historical past, it's not only part of our heritage, it's not only part of our legacy, it's part of our present. It's part of our future, it is what in fact our destiny is all about. And we have to infuse our children with that sense of clarity, with that sense of joy, with that sight, to teach our children to recognize the presence of God in almost everything that exists in the world. Yes, to see the forces of nature, and to recognize the forces of nature, and to be thankful for the fact that God created these forces of nature, but at the same time to look beyond the force of nature to revealed, to pierce the veil, to open the curtain, to recognize the presence of God within. This is the faith, and this is what he says. I am going to give you and your people greater insight, because you have the power of understanding that your forebearers, your great forebears, didn't have. And as every generation continues, this great knowledge, this great sight continues as well. So... When you're in shul tomorrow, listen to the story. Listen to the answer of God to Moshe. Listen to the era. Listen to the story of the plagues. There are seven of them in this week's Parsha. And listen how Pharaoh, well, initially resists and shouts and screams. He is arrogant. He's insulting. But slowly you begin to see him break. Slowly you begin to see him change. Will he change completely? No, not to the very end. But along the way, we have to also remember as we listen to the story and we applaud the great miracles of God that there is a message for us as well. We have to change. We have to open our eyes wider and wider. We have to allow the light that was within us to recognize the truth and ultimately for the world to recognize the truth. Good job.